do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode so there's so many things god teaches you through that dirty work like you said my results are my fault good and bad so many people can't accept that they'll say oh my family did this or i did this or the person at work's not helping me or the bank shut down my loan i can't get it and they'll blame all these people you say the buck stops and starts with me and that's what god can use you can't change 300 people but you can change yourself so <clears throat> for me and what i'm doing it helps with okay have faith have a power higher than yourself whether that's God, whatever you believe in, I don't force anything on anybody, but I trust God and then I go to work on myself with my mindset because if you can have that freedom of you're not worried about other people's opinions, you're not worried about what people think about you, you have something to fall back on with the love of Christ, you can live in this freedom of like, kind of like being in your sweatpants, like, okay, I'm cool, I'm comfortable, like I can actually do what I want to do, I can go after my dreams, I can go after my goals and I'm not held back by other people's opinions. So. What it does is it shows people how to have faith, um, then have faith in yourself and just live that freedom. So if you get one life, you have to do it for you and you have to believe in yourself. And he's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Yes, guys, welcome back to this episode of the Scopus Podcast. Today, we are joined by Jeff Voltus. And Jeff is someone who um, I have came across on Instagram. I really like the work that he does. And I was really keen to get him onto an episode. I saw that his his journey uh, and, and the things that he loved resonated with me quite a lot. I also see a similar mindset uh, in, in Jeff to myself, which I, of course, this is what Scopus is about. So there's a few things that I really want to get this episode Um kicks underway and and jeff if you don't mind giving a bit of a quick intro to who you are or what you do to our listeners that would be awesome well thank you so much for having me on i'm honored to be here my name is jeff volpus i'm a mindset coach and uh, a little bit about me i started my journey with tim grover in 2018 i was mentored by him i ended up going to build my speaking and coaching business i lived in a car for two years pushed through that wrote my book put on my first conference and that's what i do now Amazing. I mean, just hearing Tim Grover in your life is crazy. Tim Grover is someone who the Sculpted Podcast kind of wasn't, I don't like using the word inspired. Many people should know that. I've, I've made a whole video on inspiration and things like that, but it's a, it's the perfect word here, right? He set a standard and, and you were able to follow. So him being your mentor, Tim Grover is someone who I, you could say he's a mentor for me as well, but I would say not a direct mentor. I would love that, but um, if you look a few years ago, I was sending emails to him, trying to get on to him. And I said, one day I want to get on the Tim Grover. And now I have a podcast, which is every, every two weeks, I have a, um, an episode where I'm going through relentless, my first copy of relentless. Yes. I have multiple because I read through it every, every, every three months I read through it. It's got so much writing on it. Tim Grover has set a standard for me that I want to follow. So even hearing that, you know, you've got that connection with him for even our listeners, um, it's powerful. And a criteria that I have for anyone who I work with on this podcast, um, for a co-host, for example, my other co-hosts who uh, can't join us today, by the way, but he, the, the, the criteria was, have you read Relentless? Have you read Winning? It's just criteria for me that if you want to be working with me, you have to see that this comes from somewhere. And if you need to adapt this because this if you don't have this it won't work and for someone who's like me if you want to work with me yeah have this so anyways that was a little bit of a side note now no uh real quick if it's okay yeah. i say something so <clears throat> tim was very gracious in what he's done for my life so i mean i thank god for that i i told tim that jesus saved my soul and tim saved my life because the thing about relentless is when you have a certain mindset and just like you're saying different in life so relentless made me feel i wasn't crazy it was the aha moment for a mindset relentless is like the mindset bible it shows you 
what to do, how to think, you know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff, how to trust your instincts. It's, it's, I think it's the end all be all with personal development books. And I think that it will always be in its own league. And I think everybody should win, read relentless and then winning because it'll change your life instantaneously. Very well said, Jeff. Very well said. And, and to add to that is I don't, I'm always in a bit of conflict when talking about relentless and how much of an impact it's made in my life, because I don't want to say it's a Bible because that's kind of blasphemous. So, but it's the only real word that I can explain it to. Yeah. It's for me, of course, I also read the Bible every single day, but calling relentless a Bible, it's not a religious Bible. It's a, it's a mindset Bible. Right. Like a blueprint. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we definitely see eye to eye there, which is great. And also because you are religious yourself, you read the Bible every, every day, like myself, right? This is this is where we see it aligning, even with our faith, right? I think that um, w- when we spoke before as well, how it's not even just about um, how how hard you're working. Like you should be working hard for for your plans that God has for you, which is really important in itself. You shouldn't be sitting back. God actually wants you to work hard. There's actually a Bible verse, I think, in Ephesians. I recently was speaking to a friend about it, and he was he was kind of challenging me on, and I, I really loved the conversation that we had. He was challenging me on, am I seeing my goals as my version of God without, like, he, he challenged it to me because he was having his goals and ambition as his God whilst neglecting God himself. And he was challenging me on this, which I really appreciated. But I realized that it's, I was kind of putting words to my reasoning and I, and I was saying, well, no, God is always there for me. The reason why I'm doing it is for God. And so whatever I do, I'm doing it in the glory of God. And that's really important to me and to sculpting myself, because I think that, and, and the episode that I sent to you, how religion is so important for sculpting is because I actually think it's a core pillar of sculpting. Cause if you, if you aren't taking religion seriously, I think even even uh, a debate nowadays is people talking about just the, the principles of religion. Even if you're just a principled religious, not, not religious, but you're a principled person in religion, there's benefit to it. Now, I'm not saying that's the good way of doing it, but right, there is benefit to it, which is really important. 100%. And even like what you said, I, I just had this conversation with my brother yesterday. I said, because I was like, God put me here to do this. I know what I'm doing. And a lot of people are like, oh, money's bad, this and that. <clears throat> I said, money's not bad. I'm not I'm not loving money. I love God. But I use my gifts to get that money to buy the time to go be able to speak in front of people. I take my gifts seriously, my goals seriously. And I think that that's what so many people miss out on is that like when God gives you a vision, the same way he gives you free will to pick to, to sin or not sin, he gives you free will. To say, hey, I gave you these gifts, pick up your blessings or don't pick up your blessings. And I think so many people are just like, well, if God wants it to be, it's going to be. God does want it to be. That's why he gave you the gifts and he gave you the drive. And there's tons of Bible verses like it talks about in Proverbs that basically like lazy hands lead to poverty. God wants you out there making moves. That's why he put the gifts in you, not to sit there and lay dormant and just hope it happens someday. So it's a great mindset you have with that. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. I do like that where... um and if we think about this on such a sophisticated level, what is money? Money is actually something that humans have inherently put value on. If you take the the value of our perceived perception of money, it's just a piece of paper, right? So what are we actually working for? We are working for a perception of value. Now that value for us is in glory of God. For other people, that value is for external collaboration or for external approval. The reason why we may want money or success or accomplishment is not because the piece of paper is the most beautiful piece of paper in the world. In fact, that piece of paper changes in every single place around the world. It's that we value it and the things that we value bring a collaborative experience. But what we value is the collaborative experience with God. And that's what we value, I think, the most. Yeah, I love that. I I, I, I love that. And there's such a freedom to trust God with that. It, it is a fact of, you know, when you're going to put your gifts and your goals in, and we'll get into this, but just to like start it off, um, you know, being a Christian, you may be like, well, you know, how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? And, you know, sometimes when you come out of poverty, like I did, you have a mindset of like, how, how can I go make that happen? How this, how that? And I go back to where 
God walks on streets of gold, so there is no lack. So he will provide a way for you if we keep him first. And that's the thing of like, I'm not doing this for cars, for houses, for this. I have the security of I am accepted by God. I don't need those cars, those houses and everything. But I'm not here to be broken in poverty. I'm here to change the world. And like you said, money's just a piece of paper, but money's a tool because if I have X amount of money, I take it and put over here. My time is now free. I now have complete freedom to use my gifts. So it's a great point that you made. Yeah, I love that a lot. I love it a lot. And as I said, we'll get into that a little bit more. But yeah. the 10 quick five questions I've got for you, Jeff. Pratt, what are your top three songs on your workout playlist or just your top three songs? Uh, November Rain by Guns N' Roses, uh, Animals, House of the Rising Sun, and there's got to be some Jada Kiss in there. Classic. All right. Uh, also, feel free to pass any of these. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you'd give someone looking on to improve their mindset as the uh, mindset fitness coach? Dedication. You have to be dedicated. You have to be dedicated to your faith. You have to be dedicated to yourself. You have to be dedicated to keep other people's opinions out of your way. Brilliant. All right. Your favorite quote or mantra that keeps you in alignment with where you want to go daily? Tim Grover, crave the results so intensely the work becomes irrelevant. I love that. All right. Your morning ritual that you swear by every single day. Now, you, you do have a morning routine that I assume because you did tell me before when we were talking about when we're going to plan the episode that you get the morning done with. And then the yeah. rest you've got free. So go into that. Yeah. So it's wake up. I try not to look at my phone. Um, I pray. I meditate. I read Jesus Calling, uh, Jesus is Love, the both by Sarah Young books. I read the Bible, um, certain things. And then I read uh, Proverbs every day. And then I'll uh, start with something for like your mindset. And then I'll start the day. That's beautiful. Amazing. All right. If you could have dinner with anyone living or deceased who would have been one of course christ um but second place would be it's a toss-up between donald trump and master p because uh -huh. both of them are huge mentors for me so probably them i'm going to take three people christ donald yeah. trump and master p yeah, that's a crazy day. I would, I would want to be there if you don't mind it. Yeah, I will. And you, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Party of all right. Um, what? Okay, well, I think I already know the answer to the the next one. What book has had the biggest impact on your mindset and personal growth? Well, of course, the Bible, number one, and Relentless. Um, for for a human rule book, Relentless, Relentless, and Winning. It's it's a one two knockout combo that they kind of go together. It's kind of like yeah. that value pack that you buy. Like they go yeah. together. 100%. 100%. All right. Favorite movie? Clueless. Okay. Yeah. That's an old school classic. That and Gladiator. So complete polar like opposite. Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What one word best describes your coaching style? Now, use one or two if you want. One word's a little bit tough. Realness. I like it. Okay. Very good. Who is your closest ally? That's a tough one, man. I, I, I don't. I have so many of them that go in so many different groups because I feel like you have to put people in the group that they specialize in and play to their strengths. So it's. I doubt about that one. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Tough. Yeah, that's tough. Okay, well that's that, that's a good answer in itself. I think that's a good thing, actually. Um. All right. Part one, which is talking about the mindset and faith. Now, the first kind of question that I want to go for you, Jeff, is. Your personal journey with Christ, how how did that shape your mindset, your vision, everything like that? And in the first place, maybe you can even talk about how you got to that point because that's it. That's, I'm sure that's the journey itself. <clears throat> yeah. So 100%. So I'm Italian. So I being Italian, being Italian, you're instantly pushed into the Catholic mob. You're Catholic, whether you like it or not. So <clears throat> I was um, grew up Catholic and stuff. And a lot about what you talk about about the structure of you know a religion. I love the fact, okay, you go to church today, hear about Christ. So I started to see the love of God being Catholic. But then when I was um, 11, I went through a lot of hell. When I was seven, I went through a lot of hell. So up to my like younger years, as I was becoming a teenager, I went through a lot. And at 15, I was ready to break down. And I was at a Josh, Josh McDowell concert, and he was talking about the love of Christ and accepting Christ as your savior. 
and I did that and I got baptized and um actually within like eight months later I did a couple sermons in front of the um church I got involved heavy in the youth group and it really led me to um walk with Christ interestingly because a year later in high school I had premarital sex and was asked to leave the church so that was a huge part of the journey because it told me that God is forgiveness and nobody speaks for God. God has the living word, which is the Bible. He can speak for himself. So it not only did it show me religion and God, but it showed me so many times people try to step in front and say what their version of God is telling them when God can speak for himself. So that was a huge part of trusting of like, you know, I feel abandonment getting kicked out of the church. And God said, come to me, follow me. I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. So that was a huge part at 16 of my walk with Christ that led so much into where I am now. And sorry, I forgot this second part of the question. So you've kind of talked about how that shaped your your initial life, right? So then the, the second right. part of the question is how is that now shaping your, your mission now with what the work you're doing? So it's a, that's a great second part of the question. So it's my way of giving back. It's my way of helping people. And it's good because I feel that if you can shape your mindset to positivity, because we live in such a negative world <clears throat> that we're trained to be negative, we're trained to live in fear. And if we're thinking about being positive, the news and all the garbage around us will gladly push us back the other way to negativity. So <clears throat> for me and what I'm doing, it helps with, okay, have faith, have a power higher than yourself, whether that's God, whatever you believe in, I don't force anything on anybody, but I trust God. And then I go to work on myself with my mindset, because if you can have that freedom of you're not worried about other people's opinions, you're not worried about what people think about you, you have something to fall back on with the love of Christ. You can live in this freedom of like, kind of like being in your sweatpants, like, okay, I'm cool, I'm comfortable. Like I can actually do what I wanna do. I can go after my dreams, I can go after my goals, and I'm not held back by other people's opinions. So what it does is it shows people how to have faith um, then have faith in yourself and just live that freedom of you get one life. You have to do it for you and you have to believe in yourself. Yeah. I love that. One thing that, uh, kind of hit me just then was you talked about the freedom part. Now, something that I heard, um, well, I didn't hear recently, but it hit me recently when I was listening to a workshop song and I, now I can't quote it exactly, but essentially the lesson from that was, is that, uh, what do I need to gain when I already have everything, right? What is everything to us? It's a relationship with God. So what is anything more than that? Is it more money? Okay, that's nice. It may help me spread my mission, as we've said. But what is that? Well, it's nothing. I can't take that with me to heaven. It is a piece of paper that's valued by people around me. And and that hit me there. And, and I, I think that kind of is also what you were talking about there a little bit. Now, um... It's interesting that uh, your faith journey in itself was challenged in that sense, right? That's, I think, it's a very important part of a religious journey for anyone to be challenged. When I spoke about this in my episode, I'm worried because I haven't been challenged. Now, maybe that's my mindset. Maybe I have been challenged. I mean, I've chosen a very difficult path. Now, Jeff, maybe you don't know too much about my, my journey in football, and I don't expect you to at all because it's the very big journey, complicated, but I'll briefly explain it. And I left uh, my family at the age of 15 to play in Germany by myself. And I returned back to Australia because of COVID. I was way too young to live in a country where I didn't know the language and living in COVID times was not the best. So then at 17, I moved back to Germany to pursue the football dream. And then now I'm 19 and I've just moved to Budapest and I have no connections here. I'm literally forging for myself the money, everything like this. I'm forging for myself. My parents support me. I love my parents. They're the best. They let me do this. People might think that I have a bad relationship with my parents because I left at such an early age. Now, these challenges and obstacles, I chose to do. This has been a blessing for me that I've even been able to do this. Now, this might be my challenge, but I'm worried that there's going to be so much more ahead of me because I haven't been persecuted for my religion. I never have. But I also want to be an example for people. And that's something that I see. Um, in today's society, we have a lot of people who are promoting degeneracy and, and a lot of evilness in this world. And there is, of course, good. 
but I don't see it as much. And something that I really want and I have a vision for myself is being a beacon. Um, that takes time. And I also think that if I focus on my professional football, then as a byproduct, my influence will be a beacon. So kind of what we were talking about with the money thing, I value professional football. I think that if I become the best footballer in the world, I then can become a beacon for God. If I don't become a professional footballer, then being that beacon to more people will be more difficult to attain, if that makes sense. So even for my vision and myself, when I think about what my next five moves are on the chessboard, I've realized that every single move that I'm making is in glory of God. And that's, that's I think, an interesting thing, which I think you can also resonate with quite a lot there. How do you not feel you've been challenged when you when you trusted God to to step out at that? That's crazy. Nobody would would do that. That's an incredible story. I knew a little bit about it, but not the fifteen part, not the fifteen year old part. Like that was faith right there because God told you something and you stepped out and you have been challenged because if you read the Bible before anything, the crucifixion, Friday it looked dark, Saturday it looked dark, Sunday he rose again. The girl, she was dead. Jesus said, Get out of the room. She's just asleep. People he kicked people out of the room because they laughed when he said she's just asleep. So he got the doubters out. Lazarus was completely dead for three days. He raised them. At 15, and I'm going to say this very respectfully, I was born in 1983. That was the crack cocaine drug epidemic, and we grew up fast. And 15 then is not 15 now. And for you to do that in this generation at that age when there's so much social media and everything's so magnified. Every decision is turned 16 different ways. You trusted God at that age. You went out there. You made it happen. You said, I'm going to step out. I'm God's walking with me wherever I go. So God and I are going to walk together through this mission. And God will give you all the resources. You have been challenged, but your challenge was from step one, will you trust it? So you were challenged. A lot of people look at challenges in a negative way, like, oh, Satan's trying to beat the crap out of me today, which I've had happen plenty of times. But your challenge was God saying, will you trust me? That's a challenge as a human being. That's a challenge. God is so different for us with a loving relationship, and he holds our hand, but he still gives us free will. So he told you, will you trust me? And you did. So you have been challenged, but in a positive way. That's amazing. I haven't thought about it in that way. So that's you just you that. just need to talk the rest of the podcast. You need to talk about the rest of the podcast. You have the story. Do you know, like, you know, with you going to do the football and with you trusting God and with you saying, Look, I love my parents. I'm just I'm leaving for better and what God has for me for my mission. And you're like a you know, like a prodigy because to know at that young age and to go after it when so many people await and they'll be like, Oh, when I get out of college or when I do this or when I get some money saved or you know, when I get a car or when I get $10,000 to go and do this trip. But you were just like, I trust you, God. I'm moving with you. That's amazing. So you have been challenged, but you stepped up. To step up at such a young age, believe in yourself and be confident, that's amazing. Congratulations, yeah. man. You really, I don't want to say inspired because I know you feel about inspired, but and I don't want to say motivated because that's entry level. But I admire what you're doing on a Christian level, on a man level on a world level and a world changer level. So thank you for doing what you're doing. I appreciate you even saying that and enlightening me on my own. Um, I guess the lack of awareness, but also I do think that I was aware, but um, I appreciate that a lot. So yeah, yeah it's, you're welcome. And it's not, it's not that you're not aware. I'm going to tell you this too, being, I'm a, I just turned 40, so I'm big time older than you, but as a warrior doing what you're doing, um, if I could just tell you this, just like real quick. You're making so many big, powerful moves that it's easy just to kind of be in the game. It's almost like when you play football, right? You're like, you don't know you're sweaty because you're just in the game. You're sweating, you're sweating. You're making all these moves. You're making all these kicks, passing, doing all that scoring goals. So when you go to step out and really live for Christ, when you go to step out and really live your dream, you don't have a normal life. You have almost this warrior life of like all these big battles you overcome and all these times you trusted God and all these major doors that open for you that just become normal. Like you leaving at 15 is incredible. And you're 19 now, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So keep that warrior mindset, but also give yourself grace to say, hey, I'm proud of myself for, you know, trusting God. I'm thankful to God, but I'm proud of myself for stepping up and make that decision to do this. So don't get numb to the major moves that you're making because it'll improve your walk with Christ. 
it'll let you build on your belief with yourself because you're going to have major belief just leaving at 15. Just you stepping out, the, even if you just walk down the block, you're like, oh, I still went for it, but I changed my mind. But you didn't. You, you said, I'm going here, I'm going there. So don't get numb to the fact of those major moves that you're making. Trust God, but also be proud of yourself so you can keep building on that and build relationships with yourself saying, I've done this at 15, I've done this at 19, so when I hit 21, it's a regular Tuesday, let's go, you know? And so don't don't lose that because you're making major moves that I don't think you fully see, it, which is a good thing, you're not scared, but you're making these major moves that you need to be proud of yourself because you're you're gonna change the world, but it starts with moves like you made at 15. Uh, yeah, that's very true actually. And, and when I do, now, not to the level or extent that we've talked about, but when I do reflect and see where God's worked in my life, it's typically after that period. So when I think about just now, I moved to Budapest. I This moves to Budapest. If I gave you full context of why I moved to Budapest, um, you might call me insane, but I don't think you would. But people who have, are seeing me for the first time or hearing their backstory, I've been told that it's a silly move, but I've done it. And when I look and reflect on these moments, now going into this move to Budapest, I could have thought it's not going to work. All of these different things. Now with a bit more awareness around it, and now even with us putting it to the extent that we have now, now I do really see that, okay, maybe this is the step that I should take. Maybe I'll be rewarded for it, but I'm also okay that if it's not, if it's not what I need, if it isn't the reward that I was expecting, I don't know the plans that God's got for me. I could be injured in the years. I could never play football again in the years. I don't know what God's got for me, but I trust that the plan that he's put in front of me that I feel inherently like I need to take is the right path. And that allows me to relax. And when I have that level of trust, I'm not worrying about things. And, and that's what I think is really important in being someone who is who has a faith, I think. I don't have that worry. That if anyone else was in my shoes who wasn't faithful, that they would be worried. I don't need the worry. I know that if I'm working as hard as I can, the man upstairs has got me covered. That's amazing, and 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 that you don't you don't realize what you're saying now. I don't want to say it's such a young age because age is just a number, but how mature you are with your walk and your faith and where you're going. God's going to magnify and bless because. It's like you with football, a penalty kick for the World Cup. Imagine that pressure. As big as that goal is, people are looking at the audience, they're thinking the camera, they're thinking what I'm gonna, what i doing is going to be shown forever on ESPN, on the internet, on this, on that. But you walk up with that clarity, and you're like, man, that goal is so big, and I'm going to kick it right there in the corner. And you just walk up, and you go, and you kick it. That football player has amazing power because he has calmness. He has clarity. He has belief. Versus the guy that's up there shaking and don't want to kick it and kicks it way to the side. So God's going to be able to use all of that because for you to have that knowledge so young in your journey, it's going to be nothing but blessings because God's able to build on that. That's where he tries to get. Believe me, I've walked with several people. That's where God tries to get you, where he can use you at your best. And really, he talks about being a potter and put you on that wheel. And he can really mold what you wanted, what what he wants you to do or where he wants to take you because you have that clarity at such a young age. There's something I want to talk to you about off camera. Remind me. Right. I'll, I'll make sure to take you up on that. Yeah. All right. Um, now the next kind of topic is, well, actually kind of point in this, in this vein is we've talked about how our journeys, how we see it and things like that. But, now, we did kind of briefly touch on this when we're talking about how we want to keep working for the glory of God, but how is your interpretation of the Bible and, and the teaching in it shaped how you act for your mindset? And when I think about it, for the reason why I wake up wanting to, I say, conquer the world, it's just because it sounds brilliant, but really, it's I want to, I want to become the best because I know that I can then share God's glory. How is your teaching and interpretation shape the actions that you take? So from the Bible, because I thought the first part, yeah. Was, okay, so so I look at it as this. I wake up the exact same way I want to conquer the world. And here's the thing that I say. I say, okay, 
let me look at the, and I look at it from a very different way. And God really opened my eyes. Just a couple different things that God showed me to create this mindset. So I wake up and say, God loved me. And he gave his only son for me, John 3, 16. So his only son, I don't have any kids yet, but I couldn't imagine giving a cat, a dog, anything, let alone a son. So I said, he valued everything for me. So right there as a Christian, if God gave everything for me, how can I come in half it today? How can I come and just the uh, whatever? So what that taught me was appreciate the day in God's gift, what he gave me, number one. Number two, the Bible gave me faith of God calmed the sea. God raised people from the dead. God raised himself from the dead. God made blind people see this, that. Okay, have faith in what I'm doing. Have faith that there's no goal too big, kind of like what you're doing. And then when I go through those rough times, I read in Matthew, I think it's seven, where it talked about Jesus calmed the sea. And in those six sentences, if you read those six sentences, those six sentences where Jesus calmed the sea is like God got into the boat. So what does that mean? God goes ahead of us. The disciples followed him. We followed God. They got into the boat. Suddenly, the waves came up. Well, when you go out to accomplish your dreams, suddenly something will happen. So what happened? Jesus was asleep. Well, what do you have to do to be sleeping? You have to be relaxed. So God's relaxed because God knows what the end is. He knows how he's taking care of you. What did the disciples do? What did we do? We freaked out. Oh, this is why I should have done it. Let me go on social media. Let me call five people. Let me think about all the ways it won't work. No, they ran and woke up Jesus. What did Jesus say? You have little faith. Why don't you believe in me? You saw me raise people from the dead, this and that. He got up and he calmed the sea and the disciples were shocked. They said, who is this that the waves and the wind listen to this man? So the Bible taught me three things. Value today because God gave his son for me. He gave everything for me. Know that in Proverbs and everywhere, God wants you to be abundant and a world changer and have faith. And then when times get rough, know that God's going to calm the sea. You'll be in the boat in those rough waves. But God will not let you drown, so to speak. He has your back. So those three things. I really like. Um, I really like how you've mentioned there that you uh, something that I talk about, um, and I've come to realize more and more is how privileged I am. And and when I talk about privilege, I'm not just talking about you know for the food on my plate. I'm I'm just so privileged that I can even afford to speak to you right now, Jeff. All of these different things, I'm so privileged. And and when I think about taking advantage of my privilege, what that looks like is lying on my bed the whole day, you know, taking things for granted that someone in my position trying to live for the glory of God wouldn't do. And when I think about that, it, it like almost offends me, even thinking of the possibility of not acting in in, in the glory of God and everything that I should do. Even if I don't think about it in the moment when, when I'm, you know, when I'm editing the podcast for this episode, I won't be thinking in a moment that I'm doing this for God, but in, in its essence, all of the things that I'm doing, the conversations that we have are for the glory of God. And when I'm working as hard as I can, then I think this is when we have that perfect combination. And, and that's what I think we've kind of talked about there. Yeah. And that's that's so true. Like God's gonna bless whatever you do. You you hear He blessed the woman with the two pennies, the five uh, the five loaves and two fish. God will bless whatever you do. So it's almost like investing. It's like if you're gonna double everything that I do and ten times everything I do, wouldn't I want to put down the biggest investment I had so it can be magnified? Well, don't you want to put everything into the day so God can magnify it and you can really see your potential? Yeah. Very powerful. I like that a lot. And, and that kind of goes into the topic of um, the one that I sent to you, that we all have the same 24 hours. How are we maximizing our 24 hours? And and when we think about how do you get the highest return or investment of what you're giving, I think you'd be silly not to invest in a relationship with God because right. I talk about working smarter and harder. I even, just before we um, started this episode, I was speaking to my dad about how for the sculpted app, I'm trying to work smarter and harder. In everything that I do, I don't think it's about working smarter than harder. It's doing it in combination. And when I'm working in combination for I'm working smarter because I know that my relationship with God is going to 10x the work that I do. I'm working smarter and harder, which I think is a perfect combination. That is a perfect combination. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. I want to shift on to your your passion for now also i don't like using the word passion i don't i actually have a a vocabulary of all the words 
that I don't want to use and the words that I do want to use. And I call it the sculpted vocabulary. I want to make a book on a one day where it's just a sculpted dictionary. And if you should, the, it's on the table. And then, you know, everyone who, who wants to think like me, they can just read up the sculpted book and they see passion, true meaning of passion. That's, yeah, that's an idea I've got. Um, but in this case, passion for its most raw sense, you do have a passion for wrestling. And you, you, you explained to me how you weren't a wrestler yourself, but you do love uh, watching wrestling. So uh, obsessed, obsessed okay. with wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I like that word. That, that word is yeah. hand in hand with a lot of my yeah. passion. But yes. Right. Um, okay. Let's go into the wrestling. And, and what do you see? Now, for, for me, playing football, there's so many parallels with life lessons and, and different things like that. What have you seen a direct parallel between wrestling and life lessons? Have you been able to, as a viewer, as somebody who's been involved in it, what do you see the most um, direct parallels are in life lessons and wrestling? That's a great question. So I'm mainly obsessed with the wrestling, like the Full Horseman, Art Anderson, up until like the Rock and Stone Cold. So back in those days, there was no social media. There was no this and that. You had to go out and you had to follow your dream and you had to get in the car and you had to drive 300 miles for $20. And you were losing money almost every day, but you were ascending to the top if you did it right. And you were learning and mastering your craft and you were paying your dues. And you were connecting with people. So it was the social media before social media. And what I learned is I learned dedication because a lot of them had amazing bodies. And I was I got bullied a lot at home uh, in certain situations and in school. So I had to learn like, geez, look at how they make their bodies look. Nobody messes with them. So as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, it was like a Superman. But then as an adult, it was we got to get up off the mat when you get knocked out. We have to pay our dues. Sometimes we're putting in all this work and we don't see the results and then we get that big break. Well, that's a lot like wrestling. They would go in these little territories and wrestle in front of 30 people for $20 and, and, and you know, get nothing. And then all of a sudden, bam, they get their break and they're off and running and making millions of dollars. So it was so much I learned of you have to pay your dues. You have to get up off the mat. You have to believe in yourself. People are going to call you crazy. You got to keep putting the work in and the break will come. Um, I learned how to brand myself. I learned... Uh, how you look matters. And again, I say that not like, you know, oh, I'm worried and secure and everything, but no, you, the way you're walking around is your business card. If you can yep. afford a, you know, good shirt, put on a good shirt. If you can do cardio, walking is free. If you can walk, walk. Like it made me decisions to say, I have to eat right. I have to exercise. I have to do this. So it sparked so many positive things of every day is a challenge. You know what I'm saying? And also it showed me like they go out and they master their craft and then they go out and perform it in front of thousands of people. So, I mean, there were so many things as a kid, as a speaker, as you just need to get inspired of, look at how it parallels with wrestling. I'm sure with football, there's challenges. As soon as you get the ball in your hand, everybody's trying to, I mean, as soon as you get the ball, like trying to kick it, everybody's trying to get you. So it's the same thing with life. As soon as you get a goal, everybody's trying to get you. And you're like, how? People's opinions, here they come. Um, spiritually, opposition will come. Um, people in the race with you don't want to see you win. They'll come. So it's so many different things how sports in general parallels life. I really like the, I think it's even an analogy in itself that you kind of said there with wrestling. Get knocked down, get up again. And that's a, it's a cliche saying in itself, but it, it's a direct parallel. And I think that's also very important. And um, yeah, I think with, with wrestling now, I don't know too much about wrestling, but I did like how you kind of explained how the work that no one sees, which is, for example, um, the people, the wrestlers who are, you know, investing in their journey, spending all this money on making it happen. And then when they get to the top, people just think that they've always been there. And that's something that I was speaking with my co-host last night about with his business. He's told me quite personal details on how much he's investing into it and to where he sees it. But what he's, he's always explained to me is that it's not about now. I will do the work now. I will do all that's <laughs> necessary. But he knows that he has to do all of the dirty work now to reap the rewards later. And I think that also this has parallel into the teachings of the Bible. Um, when we think about all of these different biblical stories, there's always a story after. And quite often it's uncomfortable. 
And when people think of religion, they think typically it's all um, uh, blossoms and rainbows. They think it's all beautiful, but but no, there's beauty in suffering. There's beauty in solitude. And and what people don't realize is that on the other side of results is the sacrifice and the consequence of living a hard life. It, and and I think that there's power in that because the, the results lie on the other side. So if you are okay with being uncomfortable, then you're also okay with the results. And uh, a phrase that I've also started to use more is um, my results, my fault, good or bad. So the results that you see, both good and bad, like this haircut, for example, bad, but that's my no, fault. it looks good. <laughs> I do it myself. Um, but there's everything, everything that you see in front of me, from the clothes that I wear, from the way I present myself, it's my doing, and I take responsibility for that. But when I, when I know that I can also bear the consequences of a, a bad result, then that gives me more freedom to what we were talking about before, the free will that God gives us. And and a, a very common debate that people give Christians or Catholic people is that why does God give us free will? Well, the reason why we have free will is so that we can decide. And what people always say, why is there evil in the world? And, and people say, you know, without evil, there's no good, but it's also that we have free will to decide if everyone was, you know, not going through the, the consequences or if they weren't suffering, then there's no way of separation. There's no way of drawing closer to God. It's imperfection that actually drives a perfection, the pursuit of perfection, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And those are such great points. And another thing, like is that when you'll do the dirty work, like me, when I was living in that car and I was having to get up at 4.30 and 5 o'clock every morning to start my day, people ask me now, oh, how do you get up at 5 o'clock every morning? I said, how do I get up at 5 o'clock? How do I get up at 5 o'clock every morning when, I, when I'm in a bed? Because I did it in a car. And what happens is God will prepare you through that dirty work to rule the kingdom, the throne, so to speak, that you're trying to sit in. Because... When I get that spot with speaking and coaching, and yes, I want to change the world, but I'm coming for that spot for 40, 45, 50 years. It's that little six-month run, and then I'll go do something else. I want to be the next you know, speaker in that spot because I take it seriously, but I never came to be number two. I came to be number one, and in doing that, God prepared me to do that dirty work. If I'll trust him while I'm eating peanut butter sandwich, and I'll trust him while I'm living in a car for two years, and I'll get these wins, but I'll still know one who gave it to me Two, what to do with it. Three, how to build my character. And also know that, you know, God gave me these wins and I have to build on them so I can accept leveling up. That's the thing. Through the dirty work, not only does God prepare you for ruling the kingdom that he puts you in, so to speak, but he prepares you for accepting wins and saying, hey, God gave me this. And it, it's, it's like a hit of I got the win and now I'm going to build on it. So you're expecting wins. You're expecting to be number one. You're expecting to go to the top. So there's so many things God teaches you through that dirty work. Like you said, my results are my fault, good and bad. So many people can't accept that. They'll say, well, my family did this or I did this or the person at work's not helping me or the bank shut down my loan. I can't get it. And they'll blame all these people. You say the buck stops and starts with me. And that's what God can use. You can't change 300 people, but you can change yourself. So that's the very point that you made. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And and now, Jeff, can we go on to the, when you started to, now maybe you always had this in you, but if this might be a bit personal, though, and, and, and just no, let me know if you don't want to talk about it. But when, when you were living in your car and then, you talked about how now you wake up and you still you still have that same vision. The reason why you wake up at five AM is because well, I have to do it at four thirty AM and from a car. So what was that transition like for you? How did you go from living in a car to taking extreme accountability and responsibility for everything that happens to you and now look at you now? How how did that switch go? <clears throat> it it was just trusting God and it was just a, a work ethic that would not be matched. You could not touch my work ethic. You could not touch my faith. And I heard so many people tell me, look, Jeff, it's been six months. Look, Jeff, it's been a year. Look, it's been a year and a half. Look, it's been two years. Look, if you know it would have happened by now. And I said, faith of a mustard seed is all I need. 
So I kept pushing and I kept pushing. And as I was pushing, I would give myself, you know, grace of, okay, Jeff, you're going to get there. But also every day I would say, today's the day I get out of the car. Today's the day I get out of the car. Today's the day I get out of the car. And that day came and it was the day I got out of the car. So I kept pushing until I leveled up until I could um, get like uh, they had like where you could rent a room in somebody's house, like an Airbnb type thing. So I got enough until I saved up that. I got that. And then that let me say, okay, I don't have to go 50 places. Because if you've ever lived in a car, the thing about it that sucks is if you have to pee, if you have to use the bathroom, you got to go find somewhere. If you got to shave, if you got to shower, you got to go find somewhere. If you want food, you got to go find somewhere because you can't, you can keep peanut butter in the car, but nothing else. So everything is constant, a waste of my time. Little simple things like you walk into the bathroom to go pee, you can't do in a car. You know what I'm saying? Little things like going to heat up your coffee or your food, you can't do in a car. So everything was so time consuming. So the biggest switch was it was faith to keep going, a work ethic to keep pushing. And I got really good at using these pockets of time because I'm like, oh, that used to take me an hour to go drive across town to do. Now I have a house. I can go do it in five minutes. So it was kind of that dedication, that discipline. And like I said, with, you know, getting up a lot of my friends. When they ask me for help, like, oh, you're a coach. I need help. I'll say, all right, get up at five because nobody bothers you and you can get those two hours in for you. I can't get up at five. That's too early. I don't go to bed till 11. Well, who goes to bed at 11? You. Well, the same person goes to bed at 11 and get out of bed at five. So it was just that constant faith in God and that constant, like, I got to take my foot out of my butt because I'm very, like, driven, 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 driven because I take it seriously. So it was just that constant faith and that constant drive to keep going, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I, one thing that I do like what you say about that is the awareness of time that you have. That's something that I really like is having time pressure. Time pressure, I think, is a very valuable thing. And it takes a lot of awareness to actually understand the time that you're investing into certain things. So when I think about, you said that we take for granted even going to the toilet, living in a house. Now, when you think about going to the toilet, you it could, it could take you an hour to just find a toilet. But for me, when I'm living in a house, it takes two seconds. Right. Right. We're thinking about the return on investment. Well, you know, eventually you got to go. And for all the other times where you've held it in, yeah. you're saving yeah. it up for that one time. And what I want to go on to this point is in the Sculpted app, we have a um, a, a feature that now the Sculpted app is uh, not developed yet. It's just a prototype, but I've designed it so that we have a feature called time pressure. And I really use time pressure to, to, um, to keep me accountable, if that makes sense. So I have... Um, on my phone, I have a little feature that tells me how long is left during the day. I also have another tracker that tells me how long I've got of this year. I also have another tracker that is a little bit um, doom and gloom, but it tells me how long I've got left to live, essentially, off an estimation. And one thing for me is a driving power after taking action is time pressure. When you take your time for granted, you start to have less of a sense of, I need to act. Now, what's really important for me is acting because even to what we're talking about before is how how could I not do this when God has given me such a blessing and these types of things. Do you find that, and we, we spoke about this a little bit, do you find that the time that, that you have and that you use is being, uh, if we're talking about return on investment, how do you spend your time most wisely so that you get a return on your investment, the investment being your time? I treat every day like I'm on a game show. Like if I was on The Apprentice with Donald Trump or if I was on this game show where you win $10 million at the end of the day, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? My Because like I quit drinking. I quit all that. I got obsessed with my dream. So my friends are like, oh, let's go out. I'm like, I don't drink. And they're like, well, just come out and have water. I go, why am I going to a bar? You know what I'm saying? Why am I doing this? Well, I go, no. Why would I go to a bar? I'll go read a personal development book for an hour. So it made me value of why am I doing everything? Why am I doing this? And not to the point where I'm like crazy, but I'm like, okay, if I'm hopping on this phone call, why am I doing that? If I'm doing on this podcast, why am I doing this? If I'm doing this Instagram live, why am I doing this? If I'm going to the gym, why am I doing this? Everything has to be that ROI because we're not promised tomorrow. And like you and I, people are like, oh, well, he moved to 15 and this guy lived in a car because we're obsessed about what God told us that we're going to do and the dream he gave us and the vision he gave us. So we don't have time to play around. I want to be the top coach yesterday. So it's just this, that constant every day is the last second of the fourth quarter for me. I said, because too many people wait. They wait till they're about to get evicted. They wait till they are almost at death's door in the hospital. They wait till something happens major in their life. And they're like, oh, 
now I'm going to take life seriously. I'm going to go after my dreams. Why the heck would you wait? Go now. If you can use that, like you talk about that time pressure, if you ever look like the last three seconds of the fourth quarter in basketball in anywhere, like it's everybody's going crazy, giving their ultimate best. Well, why don't they do that the whole game? Why don't you do that all the life? So it's that time pressure of like, I don't know if tomorrow's coming, but I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'm pushing forward and I'm giving my all right now because I learned if you can live, I don't want to say desperation, but if you can live with that hunger and that focus of that last shot at the fourth quarter on everything you do, do you know how dangerous and how amazing you can become? Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And it's that hyper-awareness, I think. The hyper-awareness comes through. It, it doesn't come naturally. You don't realize that the time that you invest into, for example, this podcast right now, I see such a high ROI not just because it's my podcast, but because of the conversations that we have. The reason why I think this podcast is so brilliant for me is because the ROI it has for me. The ROI on I have for walking, for example, it might be low, but if I need to do if I need to walk to get where I want to go, then the ROI is increased. If we think about the wealthiest of the wealthiest, the reason why Tim Grover takes uh, a jet to, you know, some of the the, the um events that he has to go to or people even get him they might pay for his jet i think uh recently he went to the raiders and you see this beautiful jet that him and shari agolia and i I was thinking well that's crazy that either tim or the raiders have valued his time that much that to get in front of him it would be okay they would rather save four hours of travel time than invest a few hundred maybe you know a few fifty thousand dollars into saving that time so it's amazing to see the time of people and the roi on some people's time and when i think about how we can invest and get to that point of you know for tim grover to have maybe a minute of his time is worth a thousand dollars how do i get that to myself well it comes through investing in myself and um, when you think about how you get to speak with famous people, there's an app called Manette, which is by Patrick McDavid, and he has this really cool app where you can speak to him, but he values his time for one minute, I think at around 500 US dollars, and for 15 minutes, it's crazy, but it's a lot of money just to speak to someone for 15 minutes, but actually, there's a reason for that, and that's because for every single minute that he isn't getting paid for, that means that you're not paid for, sorry, that means he's getting that amount of money either in attention or literal money and and it's crazy to think about how do we get to that point i think that it's through developing ourselves first if that makes sense a hundred percent because to get roi you have to roi you have to have something to invest in so we have like you you for you to have roi with all that you had to step out of your house and leave your house at 50 i had to go say all right i'm going to you know go after my dreams and goals up lived in a car okay got to keep pushing so you have to have something, you have to become something to have ROI on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's a very good point. Now, the, the last part that I want to go into is talking about personal branding. Now, we kind of touched on that a little bit with, um, with the wrestling and things like that. Now, you use Instagram, and that's how I got in contact with you. How do you have an effective Instagram strategy and also utilizing the algorithm and and also just your personal brand in itself how do you use that to maximize say your time so everybody runs to and this is not a commercial for instagram but everybody runs to all these different apps and what they don't see is the basis that instagram set up is perfect you just know how you have to know how to use it so back in the day before we had any connections we would have to go outside of people's office buildings for with the secretary Uh, Try to catch people at country clubs. Where do they eat? Where do they go? How do I bump into these people? That all changed the day Instagram came about because people's front door has now become a DM box. And that's what so many people don't realize. They're like, well, they got 40 million followers. They'd never talk to me. They'd never do this, this, and that. If you didn't have Instagram, name the percentage of your chances. It'd be zero. It'd be like 0.1. So Instagram gave you every single person at your fingertips. Now you may say, well, they have people that run their pages and everything. Yes, but those people are within arm's length of that person you're trying to touch. First degree connections. Yeah, <clears throat> first degree connections. So, and also if you're like, well, they don't respond to their DMs, but they see the comments, they're human beings. If they posted something, 
on a human psychology level, they want feedback. They want to know what people think, no matter how confident they are. So you now have two different ways to access to them. You also get to study people. Before I sat with Tim Grover, I want, this is going to, so this is a great example of why you should use Instagram when you're trying to manifest and, 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 and go and get people and everything else. Before I ate dinner with Tim Grover, which took like over a thousand days of building that relationship, I sat and watched thousands, thousands of hours of his videos of this, of that. And I may say, why do you do that? Because I said, I'm going to meet Tim Grover, but I don't want to be so nervous that I get like, oh, you know, I can't say nothing, can't nothing else. So I sat down mentally with him for thousands of hours. So when I sat down physically with him, it was like my best friend. I made that choice, but how did I do that? I used Instagram. Well, what do you mean? Every day they're posting videos of themselves. Every day they're posting pictures. Every day they're posting what they believe in, what their pillars are. Instagram has given you a platform to learn the people you're trying to connect with. And in doing that, you have that chance to connect with them. But the biggest piece of advice I can give you <clears throat> is connecting with them. So many people will go to those uh, level up connections with a handout. Don't do that. Everybody's asking those people for money, for connections, for that they got the greatest idea, this and that. If you want to sit at the table with successful people, bring your own share, meaning bring something to the table with that connection. Maybe it's ways that you can help them. Maybe it's, hey, thank you. This changed my life. Um, can I do a testimony about you? There's all these different ways that you can come at somebody different to show them appreciation because when you bring your chair to the success table, you don't have to leave with that person if they leave. It's not, uh, uh, you know, I'm there plus one. You're there by yourself. So in the social media brand and everything, though, is what I do is I say, okay, <clears throat> so I can learn what they pay hundreds of millions of dollars for marketing and advertising for. Why? Because the recipe is right in front of me. So if I want to be the top speaker, what does the top speaker do? Well, there's their blueprint. The same way Arnold Schwarzenegger got Reg Park's blueprint, you can go and get anybody's blueprint that you want it's right there in front of you on Instagram. And then you can talk to them. Like I said, in the DMs, you can talk to them in the comments. You can you can learn so much. But then as far as strategy, sorry, it's like a, a lot of stuff. But with strategy, it's just, okay, now look at how many customers you can reach. Do you know if you got in your car or if you went and walked, if you said, I'm going to talk to 100 people today? Do you know that you couldn't do that today? There's no way you couldn't. But now you can do it. You can go in people's DMs. You can go in people's comments. You can just, you know, connect with them. You can talk with them. So how can you not want to be an entrepreneur nowadays when this one platform of Instagram put all these level up people in front of you, all these potential customers, all these ways to know the algorithms, the stories, the hashtags, the posts, the copy, the this, the that. How could you not go crazy and level up with that? So that's kind of what Instagram has done to me. But you said like a strategy. Sorry, I got a little. So good for you sound like a strategy or if you don't mind me even adding to this i think that um for me something that i speak about a lot with my co-host and it's an interesting story in itself so i had a originally a co-host from england and then um he left well we we kind of he did his own thing and then i got a new co-host i didn't meet the co-host in person until our first episode and then the newest co-host i still haven't met and this is because of linkedin now, LinkedIn for me has been your Instagram, essentially. For me, the reason why um, I've been able to make the moving to Germany the age of 15, and again, now, of course, my faith, but the reason as well why I've been able to trust in that faith is because I've done the due diligence to make sure that I can trust in the plan. And for me on LinkedIn, um, I think I'm almost at 20,000 followers today. I think wow. I'm nine, nine graduate. That's big. Congratulations, that's big. That is so huge. That's something that I've worked on nonstop and that has gotten me to every single football team that I have played for. So every single football team that I've played for has been because of LinkedIn. Now, that I think is your Instagram and I think that's very important. Now, I had a phone call with someone recently who's also a friend of Tim Grover's. Now, I won't mention his name, but he gave me some very good advice to what you also said is that you have to bring something to the table. Now, bringing something to the table has to be valuable. Now, this guy, he did that actually to Tim Robot, which was very interesting and a coincidence in itself, right? He is a owner of a football club in the UK and he got 
uh, relentless to a famous football player in England. And then he sent that testimonial to Tim. Oh, oh, my it. So yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. And exactly to the point, now they're good friends and he gave something of value to Tim. And now just recently he had a phone call with Tim and his team because his team wasn't doing so well. And, and that's bringing value to the table to get in front of these people, which is what you were saying is a very important thing. Right. And you're able, and, and LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, whatever. It's like that platform is there. That pla- I told you I was born in 83. Like that, I couldn't imagine having that back then. Yeah. But if you can take that old school work ethic and put it with today's technology, you could be unstoppable. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And for me, I th- I think that I was very fortunate to be introduced to LinkedIn at such a young age. Not many people. I think I started LinkedIn at 14. Um, and I was very, uh, it's, it's a crazy way that it happened. It was, I was in a car on my way home from training and one of the players who I was in the car with, he just told me about it. And I was like, you know what? I've got nothing to lose here. And there hasn't been more than a week where I haven't posted more than three posts or videos. And um, it's been nonstop. And it's been very, very slow growth because on LinkedIn, unless you're famous, you don't really get growth there. Often it's you reaching out to people, um, but that's how I've done it. And that's how I think you've also done it yourself. Yeah. I used to send video message when I lived in the car. It was so funny. I used to have to hurry up and do it because I'd come out of the gym after working out and I'd have to turn the air off because the air makes too much noise. And it was Florida. So you're talking 90 degrees by like yeah. o'clock. Oh, I mean, I got a bald head. So I'm pouring sweat in. So I had to get so good at making video messages to like seven people. I had to yeah. be instantaneous because the sweat was going to start pouring. My shirt was going to get soaked because I had no air on. Um, yeah. And 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 that's that's how I did it. Just in everybody's DMs with a video message. Hey, this is Jeff Bulbus. Love what you do about your brand. Bam, bam, bam. You inspire me with this. Bam, bam, bam. Love to talk to you sometime. Thank you. Have a great day, bam. Love it. Yeah. And that got, that got, yeah, that got Gabrielle Reese, that got Elena Cardone, that got all these different people that I screenshotted and showed. Wow. You know, I mean, that's how it happened with Tim, too. I got in his DMs and he was gracious enough to start talking and that built the relationship. You never know what a message will bring. Will it bring rejection? It can, but it can also bring a whole new world to you. You can't be scared of rejection. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Now, um, I'm aware of the time. So I want to wrap it up with the last question which is the closing question now i do have closing questions themselves although i think we've covered a lot and also i actually have another episode that i have to record immediately after this so okay with the closing question um three ways that you sculpt yourself on a daily basis and i'm assuming that you're familiar with the word sculpting um so what are the three ways that you sculpt yourself on a daily basis my faith, my mindset, my fitness. That was the quickest answer we've ever had. That was brilliant. And that, that wraps it up because literally what we've been speaking about, faith, we talked about the fitness and, and all of those things. So faith, mindset, fitness, and what was the last one? Faith, faith, fitness, and mindset. Oh, yeah, sorry. Words. No, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, that's brilliant. I love that a lot. And when I think about that for myself, what do I keep close to me? My faith. What do I work on every single day? My mindset. What do I also work on every single day? My fitness. And something that sculpted is, is three pillars, right? For me, it's this, uh, it's not just the three things that I try and do every single day. It's the three things that I also act every single day. So for me, my users, uh, sorry, my listeners are probably so annoyed with how often I say this, but I say it all the time because it's so important to me. And it's so important to who I am. And it's my professionalism, dedication, and effort. And there's also three things for the way that I act as a footballer and the way that I play as a footballer. There's also three things that I pride myself on the way that I act um, with, with like family and friends. There's also three things that I also act as um, with faith. So I try and be, as, as in the biblical terms, the fruits of the spirit, goodness, joy, uh, joyfulness, and faithfulness. These are the three things that I pride myself on. So for me, the sculpted logo is an embodiment of three things. And that's why even it's one of the three ways that you sculpt yourself. Now, you might not have three ways that you try and act or do this way or that way, but this is something that I'm trying to bring to a reality, even if it's sculpted out, is I have a feature called the compass. And I was speaking to my dad about it before, and I was saying how the compass is so 
it, it just keeps you in alignment with where you want to go. When you're reflecting on how you stayed in alignment with your three things every single day, this is pushing you and keeping you in alignment with where you want to go. This is your North Star. This is your compass. And I think it's such an important thing that not many people talk about. And it's something that I really want to bring to the sculpted app so that more people can talk about it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jess, I think we have to end it there because we could go all day and unfortunately we could. have all day. But <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Uh, You're welcome. It, it was a, an amazing episode. And honestly, I think that we could get you on uh, another episode sometime soon if you're keen. Um, because I would love to. We've got so much to talk about. And also my co-host, I'm sure that he would also like to hop on. He's actually just finishing training right now. So he plays football in Greece. Um, and yeah, he's unfortunately not able to join today, but we'd love to have you on another episode because there's so much value in here. So again, thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, it was amazing. Thank you. I was very honored to be here and I love your show and everything you're doing, man. And I value our friendship. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate it a lot. You're welcome.